0: Welcome to Coffee Break with Sharp Best Health. Every week, we sip on a strong new blend of practical tips, information, and education to help you optimize your health, body, and mind. Your hosts are Janice, Emily, Megan, and Olga. Your break starts now. Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining
1: us for another episode of a Coffee Break with Sharp Best Health. You may have noticed that at the end of each of our podcasts, we ask our listeners to send us suggestions for future episodes and wellness questions that you may have. So today, we are going to be tackling a few of those great questions. It is National Nutrition Month, so you will notice that the questions we will be talking about are all about nutrition. We always love hearing from you, so that makes today's recording one of our group's favorites. And of course, a big thank you to everyone who sent in questions, and please keep them coming. So without further ado, let's get started. So the first question we had submitted was about negative calorie foods. So Megan, you are going to talk about negative calorie foods
2: right? I, I sure am. And negative calorie foods are calories with a terrible attitude. Um, no, I'm sorry. That was a really... I am so proud. That was, thank you. <laughs> that was for Emily. Um, no, I, I that was a terrible joke. And as I wrote it, I felt terrible, but I still wanted to say it. Um, so thank you to all who are still listening. who um, did not immediately turn off this podcast when I said that. Um, but yeah, I did want to talk about negative calorie foods. We got the question, what are the they? Mm -hmm. Are Mm -hmm. they real? And the short version of the story is that negative calorie foods aren't really a thing, but I think that our listeners need a little bit more information than that, so I'm going to give a little bit more detail. So negative calorie foods supposedly require more energy to chew to digest and to process than they actually provide to your body Uh, fruits and vegetables with high water content and few calories are often marketed as negative calorie foods so think of your your celery your lettuce your cucumber your watermelon your carrots these are Foods that are outstanding for you, very high in water, um, and therefore sometimes get considered as negative calories. So you'll actually burn more just by consuming them than by what they're actually giving to your body. Um, a lot of the research around this though doesn't really support that these are. This is really a concept to hang your hat on mm-hmm. if you're thinking about uh, well, how do I approach a, a healthy diet, especially if I'm trying to lose weight. It's true that there is um you know calories being burned when you are chewing your food. It's true that there are calories being burned when you are processing your food, but they are so minimal mm-hmm. that even in these uh, you know quote unquote negative calorie foods, they still have calories, right? right? There's like forty six calories, I think, in a serving of watermelon, for example. It takes about, if, if you are going to chew gum, we'll use gum as an example because that's the chewing, that's actually what's been looked at in terms of research, in terms of chewing and calorie burning. Mm-hmm. You have to chew gum for a full hour to burn about 11 calories. Oh my God. So you, it's not, again. It's enough said, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's true that it burns calories, yeah. but it's so not it's true not that enough. it yeah. It's, it's It's negligent. It, it doesn't convert these foods into a, quote unquote, negative calorie food. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I will say that... Um, when you look at the list of foods, like if you if you researched it, negative calorie foods, you're going to find foods that are incredibly high quality, nutritionally dense, have great vitamins, great minerals, fiber. These are foods that you should be, you know, um, uh, building into your your general diet. I mean, they're just really really healthy, good foods for you. They are not, however, going to burn calories unto themselves. Mm-hmm. So the I guess the moral of the story is you know, look at those lists uh, that generally make up negative calorie foods and consider them as whether or not they would be a good fit for your eating habits and lifestyle, but don't worry about the whole negative calorie concept. Mm-hmm. It's more of a marketing construct mm-hmm. than anything mm-hmm. else. Mm-hmm. Any questions, ladies?
3: Anything else <laughs> yeah, that was crystal clear. Yeah, right. no,
1: That, was, that was really
0: helpful. Thank you, Megan. Absolutely. I love that.
1: Yeah, no, thank you so much, Megan. That was helpful. I- guess I can put my celery sticks away <laughs> so in terms of how many meals you should eat to eat a day there's I know there's a lot of um, questions about should you eat mm-hmm. three big meals right. or should you spread it out during the day so this was another question that was asked and Olga is going to answer it for us
0: yes thank you Emily So that's a a controversial question, right? Whether we should, especially for those employees who are trying to lose a little bit of weight or trying to manage their weight, they've heard that eating smaller meals more frequently throughout the day can help them. And so this question has been debated for decades in one form or the other. And so we'll try and answer this question on this podcast today. So the premise behind the idea that Frequent smaller meals can help you manage your weight or lose uh, lose the weight a little bit faster. Is is blood sugar control? Basically, blood sugar refers to the glucose that our body produces when we eat foods, and then that uh, that glucose then is sent to our bloodstream and provides energy to our organs and to our cells. And the idea behind the smaller meals is that the more often we eat, then we always have that supply of glucose in our body. Mm-hmm. And so we, we never feel hunger. We don't have cravings. However, if uh, the blood sugar supply is low, that's when the hunger strikes, right. when we have those cravings right. that we can't right. control. And so the idea behind smaller meals is that to continue to provide that glucose supply so we don't give in to our cravings. And so that's one theory behind the the smaller frequent meals throughout the day idea. The other idea is that it can help your metabolism because when... When you're eating frequently, you're always chewing, to Megan's mm-hmm. point, the food, <laughs> the food is processed, the food is being digested, the food is being uh, metabolized, and so you're burning more calories throughout the day, which also is kind of helpful to, to your weight loss. Now, while the logic is kind of solid behind those two theories, uh, the studies shown kind of mixed results. So the the controlled studies have shown no real metabolic advantage to eating six, seven smaller meals throughout the day versus eating two or three larger meals a day. So there hasn't been really good proof to this theory, <laughs> despite the solid logic. And so what we really have to rely on in this case is what we, we know works, right? And mm-hmm. what we know works is the quality of food right. matters more than the timing of the food or how many meals you eat. The calories also matter. How much you eat matters Mm -hmm. and what you eat matters. So we really encourage you to pay attention to the quality of the foods and kind of keep your calories in check. Uh, Pay attention to kind of cutting out all the sugary foods, all the high-fats food, processed foods, and concentrating on fruits and vegetables, healthy healthy fats, uh, lean proteins, and really pay attention to having a balanced diet, which is probably more important than the timing of it and mm-hmm. the, the frequency of your meals.
2: Yeah, I feel like we're always looking for here's the mm-hmm. answer, right. here's That's the right. strategy, yeah. and... And we have the strategy. It's eat whole foods that's yeah. good for you. Yeah, Nobody likes that strategy. That's right. <laughs> or that strategy is hard to comply with. That's and true. Do you think it just comes? Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Olga. Oh, no, no. I, I agree. There is re- the, the
0: body of research is kind of still piling on the meal frequency. So for now, we'll just go with what we know. Yeah which is the quality of the foods matters more and the quantity of foods matters more. And also Mm -hmm. take your personal preferences into account as well. You know, what can you deal with? Can you deal with frequent meals throughout the day or would you rather just have two, three meals and be done with it? Some people are grazers, Mm -hmm. right? right? They like to graze and snack throughout the day. So six meals, seven meals throughout the day is not a big deal. That's what they like. And for others, it's too much to handle and they would rather just eat twice a day and be okay with this. So kind of um, find what suits your goals, your preferences, your style, your schedule and go with that. Trust your body. Trust, trust yourself. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. Thank you. Yeah.
1: So to continue with our nutrition theme, we'll pass the baton on to Janice, who is going to talk about what's the best snack to eat before
3: um, and after a workout is. Thanks, Sam. So here are some suggestions for a pre-workout fuel. Um, I know my, for myself, what before working out, if it's on an empty stomach, I will not make it through my personal workout. I at least will enjoy a banana at the least. Um, and it's easy. It packs itself in its own little container, so it's really easy on the go. Um, but some people like to fast the whole morning, if that's when they're having their workout, and continue with their workout before they have their first mm-hmm. meal. So yes. for those of you who would like a pre, some pre- workout fuel ideas you can think of having a peanut butter and banana or pb and j sandwich greek yogurt with berries oatmeal with low-fat milk and fruit apple and peanut or almond butter handful of nuts and raisins it's going to be two parts raisins and one part nuts And notice that each of these suggestions include some protein as well as some carbohydrates. Carbs are the fuel. Protein is what rebuilds and repairs Mm -hmm. your muscles, but also primes the pump to make sure the (laughs) right amino acids available for your muscles. Getting protein and carbs into your system is even more vital post-workout. So here um, are some ideas for post post-workout nutrition. Your body uses stored energy, which is glycogen, in your muscles to power through your workout or game. But after that workout, you need to replenish the nutrients that are lost. So what are you to do? After a competition or a workout, focus on getting carbs and protein into your body. This gives your muscles the ability to replenish the glycogen they lost through training and helps your tired muscles rebuild and repair With the available protein and amino acids, try to eat within an hour of completing an intense workout. And so these post workout meals include a recovery smoothie, um, which is made out of low fat milk and fruit, low fat chocolate milk, turkey on a whole grain wrap with veggies and low fat yogurt with berries. So the above offer mainly carbs, some protein and some protein, which is convenient. But with these two liquid options also um, help with to rehydrate the body as well.
0: Okay, That's really good to know. I wanted to kind of maybe mention that Janice is right that it's important to kind of uh, replenish the lost glycogen after your workout. But if you happen to have your next meal scheduled within the next hour and a half of your workout, like your lunch or your dinner or your breakfast, I would say you don't necessarily need an extra snack right after your workout unless you're an athlete. So if you're just a normal person who just works out for general fitness and health, <laughs> you can probably skip a snack after you work out and you can just have your meal with, you know, balanced mm-hmm. meal with protein and right. carbohydrates, all the same ingredients,
2: just to kind of, you know, be mindful of the calories if that's what you're looking to do. And it kind of yeah. forces you to look also at what that uh, um, lunch or breakfast mm-hmm. or dinner, mm-hmm. that, that, that next meal If you think about it in terms of what is a good recovery snack, then you're thinking about what Mm -hmm. what is a good recovery meal, and you're probably going to consider, you know, good proteins, good carbs, uh, to kind of take better care of your body. Yeah. That's a great point. To recover better. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, No, this is great. All the same combination of uh, nutrients, but maybe time-wise, if you're planning to have a meal, you don't need a snack, right? (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So, but that's great info. Yeah, thank you,
1: Janice. But now I'm
0: hungry. No <laughs> problem.
1: <laughs> well, if we're going to stay on the topic of snacks to eat before a workout, that transitions us perfectly to our next topic, which is about bulletproof coffee. Oh. So you oh might God. not oh have uh, associated bulletproof coffee with a pre-workout snack, but let me explain. So for those who aren't familiar with bulletproof coffee – Uh, Bulletproof coffee is typically made of an organic brewed coffee, is typically what the base is, and then you add an unsalted um, grass-fed butter, and then you add um, MCTs, which are medium chain triglycerides. So those typically come from um, coconut oil, but you can buy just straight MCTs. It's typically through um, a company, Um, but a lot of people will add just coconut oil. And a lot of people will drink this coffee, so this butter, oil, coffee mixture, before a workout, um, specifically if you are on a high-fat, low-carb diet. So this would be also known as the keto diet. So if you are not familiar with the keto diet, you can listen to Season 3, Episode 8, where we go in and explain (laughs) what exactly the keto diet is. Um, And it's designed to be uh, drunk on an empty stomach, and again, before exercising. Um, And I'll kind of explain just uh, what the benefits or the proposed benefits of Bulletproof Coffee are. Um, Two quick notes. One, there are not any peer-reviewed studies on Bulletproof Coffee, so what I'm going to share is anecdotal, and so take that in mind. And then second... Because there are not a lot of peer-reviewed studies, I reached out to a registered dietitian, and he weighed in on what his thoughts about Bulletproof Coffee are. So what are the proposed benefits? Why would you be drinking this oily, buttery coffee mixture in the first place? I wouldn't.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, there we go. (laughs) Have
1: anyone tried it?
2: No. Okay.
1: Uh, I've tried a sip. What did you think? Well, it tastes like it sounds... (laughs) It tastes like it, buttery, it tastes buttery like coffee. buttery coffee. Interesting. All right, well, I it's guess that not. Makes sense. It's not bad. It has a unique flavor to it. It, it kind of feels like heavy. Oh yeah, that is. I
2: bet it Does it like taste coffee. like
1: coffee? Yes. You still taste the coffee in it. It's more like the mouthfeel that I don't know how to describe it. But like if you do, if you imagine, I mean, it's.
0: <laughs> I'm imagining like butter-y oil and, and butter. So yeah. Oh my gosh.
1: <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so the, thick. It is a little thick. <laughs> so the proposed benefits of uh, Bulletproof Coffee, one, people say it aids in weight loss, which can be a, little contra- oh. be a little funny, right? When you think about it, because of how much fat is in it. Um, increased energy levels, improved cognitive function, um, boosted metabolism, suppressed appetite, uh, boosted mood, and it is anti-inflammatory. So those are what The claims are for it. Um, So let's talk about what could be good about bulletproof coffee. So again, for people who are on a keto diet, who are eating high fat, this may be a good option because your body actually needs the fat um, when you are exercising because you aren't eating carbs, right? Mm. So if you are sticking to a keto diet and you are going to drink it before you work out, you could be fueling your body in that way. It does contain some omega-3s in sure, grass-fed ma'am. butter. Um, but again, it, just because something contains a nutrient doesn't mean that you should eat all of it. Right. So again, just something to keep in mind. And then it does contain coffee. So there are, <laughs> there are benefits to drinking coffee. Um, Vince, our RD, mentioned that the data suggests that coffee can decrease risk of cardiovascular disease. Certain types of cancers and diabetes, and it's also showing to decrease risk for Alzheimer's and Parkinson's, and it's good for your liver. So that, that is means, a benefit, right? Yes.
2: This department is going to live forever, <laughs> yeah. right?
1: Exactly. Oh, well, because from, we run off coffee. of coffee. coffee yeah. Yeah. yeah, and that is just simply about, coffee. Just not coffee, about yeah, yeah. Just yeah, coffee, not about yeah. That's just coffee, not bullet necessarily fruit. bulletproof. Oh, okay. hmm. So, what are what could be the bad, right? The flip side. So. One is nutrient intake. You are eating a balanced meal for breakfast, so you obviously are missing out on your fiber and your protein. Uh, it's not necessarily what would be considered a balanced meal. Um, if you are consuming high amounts of fat, especially on an empty stomach, and if you already suffer for something, something from something like IBS, that can um, exacerbate. Sure. Beat.
3: Mm-hmm. That, yeah. <laughs> it's that it's can
1: worse. <laughs> I can't mm-hmm. say it. That can uh, make the symptoms worse. And again, if you are reducing your nutrients, you're going to have to make up for that later in the yeah. day. Uh, Vince also weighed in that because butter is high in saturated fat, we want to keep that low. Now we do know that Saturated fat may not be as bad as we thought previously, and you can't necessarily directly correlate it with heart disease. But in general, a good rule of thumb is to reduce your intake of saturated fat. And both butter and coconut oil are both high in calories, so mm-hmm. if you're trying to watch your weight, um, you might want to choose a uh, an option that's less in fat. And so, what are the the macros on Bulletproof Coffee? So Bulletproof coffee contains approximately 440 calories, only huh. one gram of protein, 50 grams of fat, and wow. it's estimated that about 80% of those are saturated. So
2: wow. Yikes. with you all that
1: information in your, uh, with you now, um, obviously our, 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 our answer is always, you know, you need to do what's best for you. Right. Mm-hmm. However, if you are not on a keto diet, and you are just following a standard diet, we would probably recommend from staying away from Bulletproof Coffee and sticking with more of the balanced meal with whole foods like we talked about earlier. If you are a keto on a keto diet and you're exercising, mm-hmm. then we encourage you to, to look into it, um, do, do your own research. But um, all talk in all, to talk to your doctor. Yeah. yeah, all in all, it is... It is not a good replacement for a balanced meal. Absolutely. Um, so thank you guys so much for listening. That's all we have time for today. And we can't wait to help try to answer any other questions that you have. So if you do have questions, please send them to us. Our email is in the show notes. And we, again, this is, we love hearing from you and this is, this is fun for our whole team. It gives us the opportunity to dive into research, to have conversations with each other. So we're looking forward to hearing from you. Again, our email address is in the show notes below. Thank you for tuning in and listening, and we will see you next week for another episode of A Coffee Break with SharpFest Health. Bye. Bye, bye,
0: everyone. bye. bye, everyone. Download this episode... And find more great information on health and wellness by visiting sharpbesthealth on sharpnet.com.